This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to the Worth Your Time podcast. I'm Erica, your host, and today I'm speaking with a lady who has a lot of wisdom. Her name is Rochelle Asbury. She's a health and wellness professional, as well as a mom, a public speaker, an author, and the founder of a nonprofit that helps women and families. Safe to say she's making her mark on the world. Today, we talk about the power of embracing the present and go over quite a few bits of advice for how to stay happy and healthy in a very hectic world. Enjoy this conversation with Rochelle. Well, hey, Rochelle, thank you so much for joining the Worth Your Time podcast today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I'm so glad that we met. Uh, Rochelle and I met at the event Linking Indie Women, which is an event that um, really just basically brings professional women together here in the Indianapolis area. And we found that we had a lot in common and decided to meet for breakfast and uh, felt like we could talk all day. (laughs) So I thought... (laughs) I think I need to have you on my podcast. So I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. So Rochelle, tell us a bit about who you are, um, your family, your background, your professional space. Uh, Give us a little insight into your life. Well, originally, Erica, I'm from East Chicago, Indiana, the northern part of Indiana. Uh, My parents were hardworking people, steel workers. Uh, My mom, she worked in a steel mill as a metallurgist. But of course, you know, she was raising a family. So you always tip my hat to you know, working moms, uh, even though, you know, I had a dad and he, he worked real hard too. Um, after I graduated high school, I went to, um, I went to Purdue University in West Lafayette and I graduated, um, there and, um, received a degree in mass communication with a minor in philosophy pre-law and I was going to go to law school. But, um, at the time, uh, Eastman Kodak, uh, came knocking and back in the day that was uh, that was quite a feat to work at a company as Eastman Kodak and I was hired in marketing and sales and I traveled around the country for them and made them millions of dollars Wow! and, and learned a lot along the way and um, actually when I got assigned to Indianapolis that's where I met my husband and, uh, you know, the story kind of, you know, unfolded from there as far as my personal life. And then when they wanted to transfer me again, uh, I, I chose love. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily uh, <laughs> um, say everybody should do that. And I keep telling my husband over 30 something odd years that, um, you know, he, he needs to make good on this. And he has. <laughs> <laughs> I love so, that. We had our daughter, you know, was working really hard, lots of quote quotas and all that. My husband was working hard too. We were like two ships in the night for a little bit. And I just remember just for me, just praying for a new direction. And at that time, you know, I was led to starting my own business. And that's where I had gotten into, you know, health and wellness. Always loved because uh, I've always been under, I've always been the type of person that no matter, you know, what your dreams are, your goals, you, you have to have good health. If you don't have good health, there's nothing else that you can do. As I said, I opened up my own health and wellness company. I became a 
a licensed massage therapist over 20 years. Uh, I understand, and I understand people that work really hard. And so I come from that vantage point. I know how it is for professional women, even though men, you know, I see men client, male clients too, but, um, just, I had that good understanding and I know that I come along as a partner, um, just to encourage people to, well, to feel well. Yes. And in terms of your health and wellness business, I mean, the mm-hmm. health and wellness is so many things. So I'm curious, what, what do you focus on specifically and what is, what are kind of the, um, kind of visionary points behind your specific business? Certified massage, licensed massage therapist and also I'm a health coach. So basically, you know, what I try to incorporate into my practice is just the importance of stress reduction um, and how important it is. Because a lot of times people are just going a mile a minute. And, you know, when you don't take that, those kinds of time out for yourself, it just manifests itself, you know, in, in your body and you have tight muscles and you have uh, you know, limited range of motion. So my goals when people come to see me, we're just not only just talking about, you know, how we can, you know, how you can get a better golf um, swing. We talk about the whole person and what your goals are. And then, of course, with the other piece of being, you know, health coaching, you know, for people that want a little bit more as far as someone to come alongside to be their accountability person. So I do that, you know, do that too. Uh, also with, you know, uh, being an author, you know, so I just kind of do a lot of things. Yes, uh, you're, a, you're a very multi-passionate person as we discussed, <laughs> as am I, which is why I love, you know, so much of what you have to say. I want to ask you about, you, you mentioned, you know, so much of it about stress reduction and myself mm-hmm. and I'm sure many of the people listening here are working moms, like you mentioned before, and we are going a mile a minute. I mean, I can tell you, I was at a therapy appointment this morning and I was like, I feel like my brain is about to explode. What is going on? Like, what is the, uh, you know, the point of where all this is coming from? And so I guess for those that are listening, do you have, um, what would be maybe one or two easy tips that you might give someone that's looking to kind of de-stress just a little bit? You know, when I was raising my daughter, I would, you know, she was cranky or or wasn't as focused, you know, I'd give herself a timeout. And I think adults need timeout. And timeout doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, four hours. But just uh, allowing yourself just to take take a pause and that's what I talk a, a lot about in my book, and it's called Joy is in the Now Place. So you can get it on Amazon, that we have to be intentional. We have to just take a pause. And this is where life really is, right in the moment. So that's one thing. And I think breath is life. So when we're going a mile a minute, sometimes we're just, you know, breathing kind of, you know, shallow breathing, and that's not as healthy. So just, you know, take a, a couple of deep breaths. That's really important. The second thing that I try to, to share is that preparing, preparing the night before. I mean, even if you just, you know, just make the salads or toss, you know, toss the salad, you know, get the get the containers out or whatever. I mean, that really helps, um, you know, helps, you know, for the next day. So any way that you can prepare. The third thing is ask for help. So that's yeah. what I would say. Yeah, I I love this concept that you just said of giving yourself a timeout. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people think in terms of the, uh, in terms of a timeout for themselves. 
um, at all. I think we're always referring to that as for kids, but it makes so much sense. And even as you said to take a deep breath, I literally was sitting here and I took a deep breath <laughs> because I can tell you this is, I mean, I'm having a very busy day today and it is one of those days for me right now. So I feel like this conversation is going to be very helpful just for getting through the rest of today for me. Tell us about why you think massage therapy is important and how it can be so helpful to to our lives. Uh, it is so important just that, you know, that laying of hands, you know, just almost like a, you know, receiving a hug and how much you, how, you know, how good you feel afterwards. Um, I believe that, um, and I'm not saying, because I am part of the health profession, that we shouldn't take our medicine. So I'll never tell people not to do that. But a lot of times, stress is, is such a precursor for so many other kinds of illnesses. And again, when we, we carve out the time to take a get a massage, so we're taking, we, we actually are giving ourselves a pause for our health. And it doesn't have to be an hour, it doesn't have to be an hour and a half, but you know, even just a half hour where you can go somewhere where you can kind of just be in the moment. And when you reduce your stress, Erica, uh, I believe you sleep better. I believe that you're more present for your family and your children. I believe because we were such a busy society, we're on the phone, we're on the computer. And a lot of times, you know, just the, the weight of the world sits on our neck and shoulders. And a a lot of times that's where we carry a lot of, you know, a lot of tension. And if we just, you know, allow ourselves to go to a professional or a licensed massage therapist to help massage therapy, is that something that someone gets that they're, you know, this thoroughly wealthy and they just, you know, was able to have disposable income. But, but now because people are so tense, because you know, especially moms too, that we do so much. But I think we give back to our families when we take care of ourselves. Um, and I know we've all heard this before, but you know, when we take an airplane flight, they always tell us that we have to put the oxygen mask on our face first before we can help someone else. And did you learn that kind of concept about putting the mask over your face first? Did you have to learn that as a mom yourself? Yeah, I think it's just like muscles, you know, the more you use it, the stronger <laughs> your muscles get. Um, yeah, because I came from corporate America and um, way back when, you know, you was like more, 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 faster, faster, faster. And, um, you know, but my life started to take some turns where I wanted to be more present. And in order to do that, I had to be more honest with myself. Um, as I mentioned before, um, asking for permission uh, from myself, not from anyone else, and just being intentional. So, yeah, it's it's a daily struggle because I think what happens is we're so busy and so many things compete for our attention. You know, I didn't want to do that, and I didn't want my daughter, Dominique, just to, you know, see me just go a mile a minute without taking, you know, precious time for myself and for her and for her dad. Right. And you, you continue to bring up this idea of being present in, in your book, you already mentioned, but your book called Joy is in the Now Place. So that's such a great concept. I mean, being present is something I think so many of us struggle with because we're always looking to what's next, what's next, or even looking back and saying, why didn't I do it this way? Or right. if I had done this, then I'd be here now. 
but it's, uh, you know, that's not the way to live. So tell us about why you decided to write your book about this and what the inspiration was behind it. Well, I think my life was the inspiration behind it. I was looking at my mom and my grandmother, how they served and how they worked so hard. And they didn't always take that quality time, you know, for themselves. And, you know, I wanted to, you know, not be about the words, but be about the action for my daughter. And um, I always, I loved to write uh, when I was a, just a small, small girl. I would always find something to write on. I'd be writing on backs of envelopes. My grandmother's like, why did you write on that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, you know, got some journals and I still write to this day. But, you know, um, the inspiration, I, I wish I'd ha- I, I was able to coin this title, but it was like, if not now, why? I mean, if not now, when? Mm-hmm. You know, so I had to say, you know, I've always wanted to write a book. And I I knew that just the the colleagues, the women that I, you know, uh, that's been in my life, uh, they've always, you know, seemed like had a, you know, a real hurried life and thought if they took a second that they would be defeating someone or giving up on their families. And I'm thinking, you know what, this is this is the right season. And I'm always anybody that knows me, I'm always talking about being intentional about your life, you know, the audacity to be present, because I believe this is just my belief, Erica. Um, joy is right now. I mean, a lot of times I feel that we get weak. Sometimes we get sad about the past. We can get really anxious about the future. But we're missing out on right now. I remember early in our marriage, and I think we I talked about this in, um, you know, in my book or maybe the, the upcoming book. But um, I remember one time that my husband and he's real good. He really he can really guard his time. He has really good boundaries. And I just was trying my best to be focused on a movie and I'm, you know, I'm putting the spaghetti on, you know, I'm, I'm folding, you know, laundry and I'm doing all these kinds of things because as a woman, my God, we should be able to do everything and love it. But it starts, tra- you know, it was very transformative thought with a book. I can do that. And uh, we've, you know, I've gotten really just rave reviews from people, people that I don't even know that have reached out and say, hey, you know, your book was a, a great book. It was a short read. I can truly, you know, um, identify with it. Um, that's why between each chapter, I did um, intentionally put a blank sheet in between each chapter because I wanted people to kind of think about you know, what can they do? And, you know, just a little bit at a time. So I looked at it as it was just joy because you can't write unless you're in the moment. So it was another opportunity for me to be present. And it just gave me, you know, it gave me a lot of joy. Uh, Speaking of joy, uh, you talk Mm -hmm. in the book about the difference between joy and happiness. Now, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people do confuse those. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure people have actually heard before maybe some of the differences, but it's so easy to forget. But Well, for me, um, happiness, and it's important to be happy, but I think happiness is... um, as sustainable. I think um, happiness is temporary. Um, And I think happiness has to do a lot with what's going on um, outside of you. So I'll give you, you know, case in point that you can be happy going out the door, you're heading to a meeting or you're going to meet a friend and you're just happy. And all of a sudden you get stuck in traffic. 
and there goes the there goes the happy happy happiness um, versus joy. I I for me joy is in is in the inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in my heart. It is who I am. So no matter what, if I get stuck in in traffic, you know I, I'm there's joy because I believe anytime I wake up on this side of the earth. You know, there's something to be grateful for. You know, joy is on the inside. Joy is almost mm-hmm. more who you are. Yep. Whereas happiness, I never thought about this before, and maybe the word comes from this, mm-hmm. but it's what happens to you, kind of. Yes, so exactly. it, I don't know if there's a root the connection there, but it makes mm-hmm. so much sense. So, like, you're happy when something good happens to you, right. um, and that's great, and we want you to be happy, but at the same time, there's something so much greater than happiness, which is joy. Now, one thing I love to ask people is, do you have any rituals, habits, or mindsets? Obviously, you have a, a great mindset around joy, but any rituals or habits that you do on a daily basis to kind of keep you in a good mental space or keep you um, just on track to where you want to be on a daily basis? Um, you know, I pray. Um, I have my daily devotion. I meditate. So I also exercise. That's another thing that I, you know, I do. What do you do for uh, exercise? Well, I do. I love to lift weights. I do cardio. Um, I also do, um, I do some, I do walking if I, it just depends on my schedule, but I always try to make sure that I'm doing something, you know, Mm -hmm. I try to always make sure I'm getting those extra, extra steps in, but you know, I love free weights. Um, you go to go to a local gym. Yes, I do. I do. And if, if this, if the snow is, you know, ice and I can't get out, I do have some things at home. How would maybe friends and family describe you? What kind of person would they say that you are? Like maybe your husband and your daughter or, or, and your best friend, like how would they describe you? I think my husband would describe me as, I think he would describe me as loyal. I think he would describe me as kind. I hope he would describe me as funny because I just love, <laughs> I love to have a good time. I don't, you know, I like to tell jokes, but sometimes he, he just give me a chuckle or he'll just look at me like, really? Well, that happens in every <laughs> marriage, I think. Yeah. Well, you have to have, you listen, you, you have to have some, some good humor Yes. Um, <laughs> to be married. But um, I think he would say that um, I'm a hard worker and I'm in it to win it. I think he would say I'm devoted and uh, my daughter, I think there's a different season for her. I think when I she was uh, a lot younger, she thought, oh, mom is really needed. You know, mom is really great. I think now that she's older, you know, she's like, oh, she's kind of old school, you know. How old is but, your daughter? Uh, my daughter, my daughter just turned 30. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she's a, she's a younger, she's a young adult. But I think my daughter will. And she has said this, which I'm kind of grateful, you know, um, that I mean what I say and I say what I do. I think she would say that I'm kind. Um, I think she would also say that um, I love people. Um, I think she would say that I'm always learning something. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'd say, I, you know, I just love to share so, you know, I think she would say that my colleagues, my friends would say that, uh, yeah, that I'm compassionate, I'm kind, I'm determined. And I really want my friends to say I'm funny because I really try to be funny because I love to laugh because I think, you know, I think laughter is healing too. So, Oh, for but, sure. I love yeah. that. Laugh- laughter is healing. I think that yeah. that's something we should all remember and it's something that's very easy to forget because it's like if you can get on in a place where you're laughing, where you're really laughing. Yeah. 
so many things kind of dissolve. It almost is like it just breaks the ice of whatever it is that you might be dealing with. That's a good one. Um, it's always great to talk to someone who has been in a great marriage for for so long. Do you? What kind of advice might you give those of us who are a little bit um, not quite a, that far down the path of marriage? I would say grace. Mm-hmm. Grace is one. Uh, forgiveness. Uh, that's a that's a huge component. Um, I would say always try to talk to people that's been in it a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, because they can help um, share some things so you won't necessarily make those kinds of mistakes. Um, allowing the person to be to be who they are, take things so seriously. Um, I think if you have children, the best things you can do for your children is to take good care of mommy and daddy. You know, because I think sometimes raising raising a family, we, we lose sight of or we can lose sight of the other person that we vowed to spend our life with. And so, you know, checking in with them. Um, even now when my daughter comes to visit, I mean, she'll see me and my husband sitting there holding hands. Uh, he'll hug me. And she's like, really, you guys, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm glad you, uh, glad you called. <laughs> but um, <laughs> just, just, you know, being mindful of that. I remember um, when we first started off, it was a older couple, meaning that they were married longer than, than you know, my husband and me. And I was just always been self-sufficient. And, you know, I used to say, well, if he would just do this and this and it wouldn't be a problem. And this lady said to me, she said, Rochelle, she said, let me ask you something. She said, do you do you want to be right all the time or do you want to be happy? And I was like, whoa. And I started thinking about that. And I said, well, I'll get back with you on that. But that has stuck with me. I'm going to put that one down for myself (laughs) because I have that problem too. And I think it's such human nature to want to be right. And especially if you, you really are right, (laughs) but but it's like, sometimes it's not worth it. It's really not worth it to be right about the macaroni and cheese incident, you know, because it doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, and you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, it's like, you know, you can get mad. You two can get mad and it'll ruin the whole weekend. Right. And um, I think this has been evolving through my life and through my marriage about how important it is to be present. And when you stay more present, I think that really takes a lot of the stress off and enjoying the moment. I mean, I remember like having conversations, you know, with my daughter, um, it's been a bit ago, but when I was asking her, what does she enjoy most about, you know, being at home? And she said, mom, did you, you know, you would take a time out and we'd go get ice cream and, you know, you had to do laundry. And I was like, really? And so that just really honed in for me how important it is to spend, you know, quality time. Um, you know, and even more important, spend quality time, you know, with your husband. And it's okay to have date night. My husband and I have been, you know, with each other a long time. And we still have a date night for us. You know, God first, my spouse next, and my children and everything else. Or my ch- my daughter. But she's, you know, 
we're empty nesters now. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Talk about your nonprofit now. So in addition to being a writer and a therapist and a health and wellness person and a wife and a mom, you, you've also stretched yourself a little bit further and you started a nonprofit. So will you tell us about that? Ever since I was a little girl, my grandmother, Ida, was a maid and she worked really hard and she didn't make a lot of money. And But she was a huge giver. Whatever she had, she shared. My mom was the same way. And when I was much when I was little girl, and um, I just knew the situation in our home. And my grandmother would be like, "Well, you know, Mr. So and So is going to come and get that, and we're going to give that to him, Rochelle, because you know he's he's out of work." And I'm looking like, "Well, okay." And I remember my grandmother said saying to me, and my mother reiterated that she says, "You know what? Too much is given." Uh, much is expected. And I know that wasn't her phrase, but she stood by that. You know, and I'm thinking, well, Grandma, you know, at the time it was I was looking at things. I didn't think that she had a lot of things, but she had a lot of heart. And even though she had she was amazing, she had, you know, swollen hands, she had kind hands. And just over the, the years, even with my mom and when my mom passed away, and I never forget this, and it was um me and my brother, my husband, my daughter, and you know some other family members at my mom's service, uh, funeral services, and and I noticed that there were several guys there that were in uniforms, and I was like, well, who are these people, you know? And um, blue collar workers, and I remember one gentleman that walked up to me and my dad, and he was actually the supervisor um, for the sanitation department, and he thanked uh, my dad about kind my mom was to give them, you know, canned goods and food during some very difficult times with the city. And my dad kind of looked and I'm, you know, of course, I haven't been home. I mean, I, I didn't live there anymore. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, what are you referring to? And he was like, well, your mom, you know, she would always, you know, have like a couple of uh, empty trash cans that she would just fill it up with, with canned goods and stuff. And I looked at my dad and my dad says, he just knew it was a couple huge trash cans near the side of the house. And my mother told him, don't ever put anything in it. But she always had told him to put it down at the curve. And he never questioned it, which, of course, my husband said I would have. <laughs> and, you know, she was filling it up with um, with food for other people. And for me, I just prayed and meditated. And it was just the season to start Kind Hands Foundation, a 501c3. And, you know, what our vision is and what my grandmother and mother's vision has always been that in a, one of our tag, one, the tagline for kind hands is knowing someone cares. That's all we want. Mm-hmm. Knowing someone cares, transform lives, strengthens communities, and ultimately inspires people to pay, to pay it forward. And that's what happened to me. And, um, and you know, we were excited and, and I'm blessed that we, our first initiative this year is that um, kind Hands at a Holiday Hygiene Products Drive for the Coburn Play Safe Haven. And they are an organization here in Indianapolis that um, helps families of domestic violence. And just, you know, just, you know, talking to people, telling them what our goals were for the Coburn Place, that um, in less than maybe two months, we collected 
and delivered over 5,000 items to the Colburn place on December 15th. And it was just, it was just awesome. And uh, so again, you know, knowing someone cares. We often take for granted hygiene products. I mean, here we are in our homes and, you know, those of us that are not struggling with those kinds of things, like we Mm -hmm. don't think about toothpaste or tampons or that's All right. of those kinds of important things, especially as women with kids. I mean, if, if you're experiencing any kind of domestic violence and you're out of your house, for example, that's I right. mean, that's really important stuff. And so I think that is so great. I love it. Just that concept of knowing someone cares because sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, it's it's easy to not recognize when someone is feeling alone because they – you know, someone, someone's not going to tell you that, you know, someone's not going to see a stranger on the street and tell you that they're feeling lonely. I saw a guy who he seemed a little lonely and I, it was one of those things where normally I would have just been like, Oh, I don't, you know, I'm just going to walk by. I don't feel like, I don't feel like striking up a conversation, but I was like, wait a second, Erica, like you're supposed to love people. Like Jesus loves people. And so I just went up to him and started talking to him and we had like a normal conversation. Like there was nothing profound about the conversation, but I just thought to myself, uh, you don't know how that might've affected his day. Like maybe God led you to speak to him. Maybe he was feeling depressed. Maybe he was feeling like I'm going to go home um, and do something bad, like do something bad to myself because no one was talking to me at this event and I feel bad. I think that's just such a good concept for people to keep in mind, like knowing someone cares, like branding for life. (laughs) You know what I mean? We were so humbled by this first initiative and we're going to do some other things in the community also, um, for children and seniors. But, you know, I just thought about that, you know, when these families show up and uh, I had some uh, person that we met and we were talking and she said, I never really thought about this. I was like, you know what, when moms flee from a situation like this, first of all, I commend them for being strong to leave. And a lot of times these moms, they leave with just the clothes on their backs and their children. So they're not packing an overnight bag. They are not grabbing the kids' birth certificates. They're not doing any of those things. They're just fleeing for safety. And so just knowing that, I just, like I said, I just going back to our vision, knowing someone cares. Because at the end of the day, people matter, you know, and that's what I I was raised um, to know. And it was, you know, it was modeled for me, thank God, that people are. When we get past some of these differences, these external differences, I think we are, everybody is so much alike. Every single person wants love. Every single person wants to be heard. And I'm just so grateful and humble that we may have not had a lot of things you know, growing up, but we had a lot of heart and we had a lot of people coming alongside, you know, to support us as far as like my mom and my grandmother. And um, 
you know, it's important to be to be kind. You know, I I tell people all the time if if someone asks for you know some water and you just throw a bottle of water at them, that's not kind. But if you take the time to take the cap off the off the top and you know if you have a glass or a cup, pour the water in and hand it to them, that's kind. It just takes mm-hmm. seconds to do that. So on that, how faith plays a role in your life and how it has kind of guided mm-hmm. you in some of the things that you've done and been passionate about. Well, faith for me, it's it's my foundation. Important um, for me, my faith is 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 grounded in um, you know my love and my relationship with Jesus Christ because I know things fade away. Um, I do know that um, for me, there's there's eternal life. I'm just I'm just glad for it because what faith does for me. It gives me hope. It gives me hope that sometimes things around you can look chaotic, but when you have faith in something bigger than you, you can you can get to the next moment. So that's what that's what faith does for me, and it's really really important. But I will say one thing about faith: it's just like you know, you and I, be, you know, our friends have become friends. And the reason why and how we've done that is because we we chose to spend some time together. And so that's why I tell people when it comes to faith, you have to spend time to build a relationship. And it just helps you. And it helps you to, to get through the day. It helps you to, to help other people. Do you have any favorite books or authors or anything that you could share with us that you've read recently? I, I love books. I, I would say the number one book for me is the Bible. Okay. Mm-hmm transformative. I will say, I don't necessarily have a favorite book, um, but I do like um, inspirational. And I do have written, uh, read, excuse me, a couple of times is called um, The Rhythm of Life. Mm-hmm. And it is by Matthew, I believe his last name is Key. No, Matthew Kelly. I'm- if you could have dinner or drinks with any celebrity on earth, dead Ooh. or alive, is there anybody that would be kind of a dream dinner guest for you? Well, I was fortunate to meet Oprah Winfrey. Uh, oh, you didn't. I did. I Stop went to it. show before it ended. <laughs> uh, How did this loved- happen? Tell me. Tell me everything. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, it was just awesome. You know, a friend of mine had won some tickets, and I, you know, she know how much I loved Oprah. I used to tape her. Yeah, like, me back too. In the day. <laughs> I think I still have some of those those clunky VHS tapes my daughter and nieces laugh at. But uh, I would love to have a sit down with Oprah Winfrey or even Michelle Obama. Yes, those are my sister has a podcast and and Michelle Obama, I think, is the number one person that people say. But yeah. Oprah is definitely high on the list. And I would also love to meet both of them. Oh, yes. Yes. So yes. did you get I, to shake hands with Oprah? Yeah, I did. I did. It was so funny because in between, um, I guess, station breaks, she was, you know, she come over to the audience and everything. And and um, she just came over to where we were sitting. And for one thing, I thought Oprah, she looked taller on television, but she's yeah. not really that tall. <laughs> and uh, anyway, she just has a great sense of humor. She was kind of like trying to adjust her bra and trying to, you know, just girls. Things Be a normal. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so cool. And I told her, I said, you know, I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. And I said, but Oprah, I said, one day 
I said, I'm going to be on your show. And she's like, well, she said, all righty. <laughs> and then um, I had stood up and I, I asked her, could I give her a hug? And um, I was able to. And she said, my goodness, I love your shoes. And of course, I had these four inch heels on. I said, Oprah, it was only because of you. And these are like, I got about 10 minutes left on these show on these shoes. So we're going <laughs> to wrap this up soon. So we start laughing. So anyway, so hopefully I would love to be able to just sit down and talk to her more. I Oh, gosh, I bet she'd remember you. You should try to find her. You should try to find her I online. Try to, Get I her should, online, tweet her something. Something, something. I should do that, right? Okay, okay. That's a deal. I'll try to figure. I, I would say, you know, any of the organizations that give to the community, you know, like the Red Cross, um, um, uh, the American Heart Association, because that's not, you know, Heart disease is the number one killer, you know, of women. Um, so that will probably be my two on the top. But, you know, again, you know, organizations that help families of domestic violence, that's also is near and dear to my heart with that. And my recent one is Lincoln in the Women because they, 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 Sarah and Allie, I got to get them a shout out. I mean, because I get invited to so many networking events. And I was like, oh, man, it's, you know, the same thing. You know, do I need to go? And I have not missed um, missed one because it's just valuable listening to other women and their stories. And everyone has a story. Well, Rochelle, I feel like you and I could probably talk for a very long time. Um, but this is a 45-minute podcast, so we have to wrap it up. But thank you so much for uh, spending a few minutes with us. I encourage everyone to go check out her book on Amazon. I will be linking that in the show notes um, along with anything else that we talked about today. Uh, where can people connect with you? Um, well, I would love for them they, if they are interested in Kind Hands Foundation. You know, we're on the we're on the internet at kindhandsfoundation.org. That's one way. Um, they can also connect to me, like you said, a joys in the now place um, um, on Amazon, and also for massage therapy or. Um, health coaching. I'm also an inspirational public speaker. So I do go around to different companies talking about, you know, empowerment. Um, so they can connect with me at, of course, dominiquesbest.com. Well, thank you so much. And I will hopefully see you next month at Linking Indie Women. Well, thanks for tuning in this week, guys. I always appreciate it. Hope you'll join us next Tuesday for the next episode of Worth Your Time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.